What's happening, everybody? This is Ryan Staley here for The Scale-Up Show. Have Tanya Zapata, who is the CEO and founder of Bunny Studio. This is her second startup that she's bootstrapped. First one took to a successful exit. Now is also an investor in LATAM and the U.S. companies. Has an incubator as well for startups. Doing some really amazing things. Uh, and in terms, she also created a creative marketplace through Bunny Studio Very interesting concepts, talks about how AI is disrupting the business world, how it's disrupting her business, and how she's approaching it and handling it, how you can too. Don't miss it. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale-Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Tanya Zapata, <laughs> who is an experienced entrepreneur, has founded Voice123, which is the first marketplace for voiceover industry. It was sold to Backstage, and then also founded Bunny Studio. She's a former board member turned CEO who's also an investor with a portfolio spanning numerous startups like Torre and Tribe and has funds both in Latham and the U.S. Tanya, welcome. Happy to have you on the show. Ryan, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited about this conversation. And yeah, looking forward to um, sort of diving into, you know, into our experience and, and business. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm excited too. I mean, you have A, a very unique background. B, I love how you did it, being bootstrapped. And so would love to get just your perspective on how you made it happen because it's one of the hardest things that that's happening uh, or for people to kind of get to right now is, is to make that a reality. So let's real quick do a revenue rundown. So what stage of the journey is Bunny Studio right now? Bunny Studio is a growth uh, company uh, and we have eight um, figure um, revenue and we have about 50 something uh, members, uh, full-time members. Then we have a uh, a good chunk of uh, freelancers that work with us. Okay, excellent. So you said 50 full-time team members? Is that what you said? 50 plus, yeah. Mm -hmm. 50 plus. Okay, awesome. And then, you know, can you explain to us, just walk us through what your solution is exactly in two or three sentences and who it serves? Sure, absolutely. So Bunny Studio provides uh, content creation at scale. So we... Um, work with companies that have the requirement of, for example, creating uh, voiceovers at large quantity every single week or every single day. Uh, And so what we do is we provide them with the voices, we provide them with either translation, transcreation, uh, videos as well uh, for all of these companies. And it can be companies that are in the either, um, for example, online radios uh, or um, educational companies, things like that. So just companies that create a lot of uh, creative content. Okay. Love that. And and then like, what's your go-to-market strategy for growing the company? How do you kind of approach it from that perspective? So it really depends. We have, we have uh, to, two sort of uh, ways in which in which we, we go about it. Because we have two different kinds of customers in our platform. So we have sort of like a self-serve um, kind of um, um, uh, situation uh, in which companies come mm-hmm. into, the, into our platform, they submit projects, um, and then we try to sort of cr- um, 
grow this company or this client for us. And then we also have larger clients that we reach out. We do outbound to these clients. Okay. So you kind of have the self-serve, almost like a PLG for marketplace and then that enterprise outbound strategy for the the larger organizations, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like a good synopsis? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, <laughs> so also, you know, you bootstrap, which which I think is amazing. You you bootstrapped to exit before with voice one, two, three, and then now you did the same thing with, with Bunny Studio. So can you walk us through just like your history, kind of how you got to that point, how you got to this point and how you got on your entrepreneurial path? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so um, so let me let me start with how we got into the entrepreneurial path. Um, I used to work in radio, and I used to do voiceovers. Um, and and when I when I was doing this, I wanted to become sort of like a freelancer voiceover. And I realized, and this was you know uh, earlier two thousand. Um, late nineties, um, early two thousands, um, and I realized that to be able to become a voice actress, um, I had to sort of jump a lot of hoops to be able to get there. So f- first of all, we I had to get an agent and a good agent because not all agents were connected enough to be able to for me to get jobs. Um, and so that was one thing. And then these agents needed to obviously, you know, sort of outreach to the different, um, uh, agencies to get those, those projects for me to be able to get them. Um, but also I focus on the Hispanic market because I'm, I'm from Colombia. I, you know, my native language is Spanish and I used to do voiceovers in Spanish. You can see I have an accent. Uh, and I know that, you know, like nowadays, um, having an accent, you know, and doing voiceovers is totally okay. But at the time, wasn't necessarily the thing. Um, so anyway, uh, with my husband, we realized, I mean, it's impossible that there's no solution for voice actors to be able to actually connect the, the demand straight away. Um, so we started working in Voice123 and therefore, you know, we ended up launching uh, in 2003, Voice one two three, which uh, was a mar- is a marketplace where we connected offer and demand. So basically, removing a lot of the friction that was you know in that process of connecting you know one with the other. Um, why we ended up um, bootstrapping the company? Um, it's because we actually so we were so inexperienced at the time that we had no idea that you could go ask for money <laughs> to people. I mean, pretty much. And so we ended up actually looking into a way of monetizing the platform as quick as possible. Love that. Uh, so, yeah. So wait, let me ask you a quick one before we go on, because this is really good. So one thing I had on the voiceover aspect, right? You're a voiceover actress. What was your favorite voiceover role that you did and then is there any that we would have heard of in terms of uh any any famous cartoons or commercials or anything like that movies maybe um, i don't know so <laughs> so i did commercials for for quite a few brands that are that are known uh i mean obviously um some of them uh, or what i'm gonna i'm gonna mention two uh one of them is mcdonald's <laughs> Uh, oh, nice. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also did commercials for a, um, and I love this commercial. I think it was one of my favorites. Uh, it was, it's a, um, skincare brand. Um, uh, wow. 
I, it's, the name is slipping. I'm sorry. Palmer, uh, it, Palmer's, something Palmer's, like Palmer's uh, cocoa butter Palmer, okay. formula, which is, you oh, know, nice. it's like you don't see that many of those commercials out there, but it's a very popular brand in like most of, you know, most of the, um, you know, like supermarkets and, and um, yeah, all, all of the companies that, that sell these kind of products. Um so I, I mean, I did mostly commercials. That was like the main thing that I did. I also did, uh, I actually had a, um, I had a um, character voice when I was in the radio station. Um, but that was, I think, the only thing that I did in terms of animation. Nice. Okay. So sorry, I had a, to derail you. You're, you're probably yeah, off yeah. low, but <laughs> no, no, no. I was just, just curious. Okay. So you did McDonald's commercials. You did Co- Palmer's Cocoa Butter. All right. Now talk to us about bootstrapping. Love it that, you know, the only, <laughs> the primary reason why you bootstrapped is because you didn't know there was, there was funding available. So walk us through what happened there. And then like, what was the journey, you know, maybe the first time versus the second time you did it uh, or with Bunny Studio? Sure. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, very different uh, scenarios because, you know, we had about a uh, seven year gap. Uh, so there was a lot of experience there that we, we were able to build. Um, so the first time that we did it, I mean, we basically realized, okay, um, you know, at the time, voice actors were actually um, putting themselves into like, there was this CD that was offered and it was sent to like different agencies. Um, and so, you know, like th- that's what people would do. Or there were like, you know, like um, directors, you know, that they would actually mail. I mean, it was like pretty, pretty old school. Um, and so we decided to create this, you know, like um, platform where actually not only the voice talents could list themselves, but um, companies where could actually do casting for them online. So we oh, actually had to okay. create a little widget because there was nothing in the market at the time. Um to be for them to be able to um, record this online, uh, and so that was sort of like our casting, our casting tool, and um, and obviously the market was ready for it. We started reaching out to like all of the voice actors that we could, you know, um, find um, in different places, and uh, and they started getting into the platform. Um, and little by little, we started, you know, sort of like creating a list of, of clients that were using us because there was a need, you know. Um, before that, clients would actually have one or two or three voice actors that would do pretty much all of their work. Um, mm. So there was no, that di- you know, diversity for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, we were able to, so we launched the product in June of 2003 and um, it was free. It was a free product because obviously we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, and then by December of that year, we started charging memberships to the um, to the voice actors. And okay. you know, by by the first year, we were already completely um, self um, um, self self sufficient. Sorry, okay. So the word love so. How did you did and so when you were going that like how much did it take you to build the original product? It took us about uh, yeah, it, it took us about uh, seven months or so. Okay, and then yeah. how did you support yourself or like at, what did you least, do financially? At least the first version. We obviously we obviously you know started sort of like uh, improving that version um, as we launched. Okay. 
um, yeah. And then what did you do financially then to like kind of make ends meet while you built the product, invested in it, and then also had a free product for a good chunk of the first year you had it? What, how did you, what did you do from that perspective? I was, I was actually working part-time. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're working and, part-time. Uh, and my <laughs> husband was consulting. Yeah. So we were, oh, I mean, okay. we were working a lot because, you know, by the, you know, so, so we could actually support ourselves. Um, so yeah, we, I would do my part-time job and then come back and do pretty much everything because at the time it was just the two of us. I think I hired my first, um, you know, our first, uh, um, people in the company maybe three months into it so like for the first okay. three months it was just the two of us and we were doing feeling every single role <laughs> oh yeah that's a lot uh okay so then let's how did you decide to exit that company then or sell the company how what, what was yeah, the, how did you decide the... it? like what 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 made you got to the point where you're like hey i it's time to sell like how many years was it and then would love to hear that Sure, 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 sure. So we launched in 2003 and we, uh, we sold the company in 2021. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, it was like different, it was different reasons, but uh, one of them is we had two companies in the same or some sort of similar space. Um, and so I think it was probably wise to be able to, you know, just focus on one of them, which okay, was gotcha. so, yeah, the one that was probably growing faster than the other one. Smart. Makes sense. So that, that led to the bunny studio. And, yeah. and so I guess like after going through that whole bootstrapping process, looking back, cause you said that started in 2003. So it's like 20 years ago. Right. So what was like your biggest learning experience from going through that the first time? And then, and obviously you went through it a second time, but for anyone who is trying to bootstrap a company right now, especially with the democratization of building tools and AIs burning on the table. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest um, one of the biggest uh, learnings is you don't go and you know create a full um, blown up product right from the get go, which we actually did with Voice One Two Three. So we were taking a huge risk because we mm -hmm. didn't you know try to you know see if if there was interest in the market. We we went ahead and built it, and that was probably not the wisest thing to do. But that's how we did it. Um, and so, you know, when when we decided to launch Money Studio, I mean, we had a better knowledge of the of the industry because we have been in the industry for already many years. Um, but we we started testing first what we were going to build, and uh, you know, before actually going into full on, you know, building the product because it, okay. it, you know it, it's costly. Uh, it obviously delays you from learning, you know, what the potential outcome is going to be, whether there, there is interest or not. And also it, it doesn't allow you to pivot as quick as possible. Cause once you build it, you know, like sort of changing the product, it's a little more difficult. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that was probably not the wisest thing to do, but I think we were super lucky. Now, would you interview like 30 people and validate your hypothesis first and then maybe do like a very, very, strip down MVP and test it. Is that kind of how you'd approach it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then iterate off that, like do interviews again and then keep, keep the process going. Okay. Yeah. It was so funny because I'm building a product right now, like an AI product as we speak. And one of the things that, that I did is I tried to push something out 
as fast as possible for me, right? And get feedback. And the one thing I like in retrospect, I would do if I could go back is I would have interviewed a lot more people on my hypothesis prior to building the MVP. So it's interesting to hear you say that. I even looked it up too. I'm like, I did some research and I'm like, what's what's the the success rate that the first product you create is is the one that a startup goes with? And I asked ChatGPT this. I'm like, pretend like you're Gary Tan from uh, Y Combinator. And like the response was very, very, very low. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously a lot more in depth <laughs> yeah. than that. But um, so that's very, very good uh, advice that you're providing there. Right yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we were super lucky at the beginning, and I, it's because we probably were focused in such a in such a tiny in such a specific market that you know maybe that was the reason the success rate was high. But um, yeah, I mean, that is probably not the wisest thing to do. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a little different back then too. I mean, I wasn't building products in two thousand three. However, I know the cost to build was like way higher. Uh, to make that a reality compared to now. So I'm sure that had something to maybe do with it. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. What would you say is like your single best strategy to to growing a marketplace like you have, where it's basically self-serve, comboed with an enterprise motion? I mean, after going through this twice and over 20 years, like what would you say is the single best strategy for growing that kind of on both ends, if you will, or holistically, whatever you feel like answering? Oh, wow. That's a really interesting question. Um, I don't know if there is one single strategy, you know, to be honest. I think I think that um this is it really depends on the industry. We had a, we had knowledge or we have being able to gain knowledge about this industry because we I mean because we started so early. But I mean I, I think that one of the things that um we struggle a little bit at the beginning is that we didn't know exactly who our target market was because it was so broad, you know? So I think that, that, you know, that, that can be, you know, that can be a great thing, but it can also be, you know, a, a pit for you, you know, like a downfall for you because then you don't know where exactly you're focusing. Um, so I, I, I feel that knowing, or at least starting with a very specific target market that you know that it's going to be, you know, completely all over your product or your service and, and they're going to for sure buy the product. I think it's probably one good thing to have, uh, which for us was a little bit of a, a problem because the, we had a white market, uh, you know, um, and, and so it was really hard for us to understand, okay, who exactly do we need to target and or who is the best um, candidate or best client for us to target. And so, so how did yeah, you whittle that I, down, especially earlier on? Like, you know, because of the wide market, like, how did you whittle that down to like not trying to be everything to everyone? 
So in a way, I think that um, in in Bunny Studio, we we were able to sort of understand that a little better. And now it's, you know, enterprise companies, companies that are actually have the need of uh, huge amounts of, of content are our best target market. Um, and it's a, it's a more difficult sell because it takes longer. You have to build relationships. It's a, it's a bit different than what we started because we started actually creating a platform that was self-serve. So that was sort of like the beginning of, of us, of Bonio Studio specifically. Um, you know, like we, we waited for clients to come in and, 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 and use us. And obviously we had clients that came in and use us, but it wasn't necessarily that. It's, it's through that, that effort is that we realized, okay, so this client is using us every single day, many times a day because they have the need. So this is probably our best client and this is the client that we need to focus on and target uh but it was it was sort of to, through trial and error yeah there's, a, there's always a bit of that that sometimes sniffs it out it's funny though like i've seen really large companies that still try and do that broad approach and when you really look at the data of like how they're serving their customers like i see on average like they might have 12 different verticals or areas they focus on. They'll still have like 83% of the revenue across three or four verticals. And I'm like, oh, yeah. do you realize like how much of an opportunity it is if you specialize your messaging and your content? Cause then like the perceived value of what you're selling is way higher because it, people feel like it's exactly for them in their industry and space. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, okay. So let's talk about like, what have you seen is like, and let's take right now, like you have a company, it's in the growth stage, right? You've had success, you know, there's product market fit. What's the biggest challenge to, to growing the organization right now that, that you're experiencing or you're seeing kind of at that stage of the journey? AI. <laughs> that is the, I yeah. think that's the biggest, that's that. the biggest oh. challenge for a lot of companies. Well, I mean, it's a challenge and an opportunity, which, it, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's that kind of situation in which, you know, like the same thing can produce two different outcomes. Um, so, so a challenge is because, I mean, a lot of the, the sort of like assets that we end up creating for a lot of clients or for the vast majority of our clients are actually being created by, you know, a computer uh, or by a, a, a AI model. And, uh, and with that, they're commoditizing our, right. our uh, value proposition. And so what we need to look into is, I mean, so we're not only good at providing that specific asset, but what we're good at is that we take away that problem that our clients have, which is the delegation issue, is like putting together different things or different assets into a, a new product um, and so f for us is, okay, so how can we leverage AI into what we do so we can actually, you know, um, become faster? Um, it's obviously less expensive for us to produce all of these and, and also continue providing that, you know, quality of service that our clients need. Because even though there are a lot of companies that are doing like the different assets in AI already and they're becoming quite good at it. Um, they don't necessarily provide that full product um, or that, exactly. you know, complexity of, of delegating the entire thing and knowing that you're going to have a final product and they don't have to worry about, you know, like dealing with like the different providers. Yeah. 
No, I, I could see that. I mean, there's what Synthens- Synthensia or whatever that has like the automated avatars and there's other ones. I mean, there's Air AI just did a big launch. That's more like customer service and sales calls, I think. So where do you see the future of that going then? Because like, it's really interesting and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are because you've seen this at scale with with content and creative. Like, what do you think is going to happen with the future of that for voice and video? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, feel, that, um, I feel that artificial intelligence is going to be able to do a lot of, you know, like sort of like the, the routine things that we we might need in terms of the creative content. Um, obviously, for more um, complex things, most likely a human is going to have to do it still. So I think it's going to be a combination of those things. Um, but it's really hard to predict. It's really hard to predict because, you know, like I, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty impressive what, you know, like all of the things that you can do with AI nowadays. And it's been, it's been months since, you know, like many of these products actually came to market and how they have improved in just months. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be a combination of the two. Uh, what I do see in the future of, you know, humanity in terms of, um, you know, what, what the, what the most valuable things are going to be are, things that are created by humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they're going to be yeah. back at being extremely expensive and sought after because, because you know, the, the rest of things are going to be created by a machine or a lot of things are going to be created by a machine. So that's, that's what I see. I don't know exactly how that that's going to look like. Um, but, you know, sort of like an, an abstract kind of thing. That's how I, that's how I see things. So, you know, like human relationships are going to be super valuable. Um, companionship and things like that are going to become sort of like, you know, things that people are going to be looking for and probably paying for, you know, uh, in the future. It's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I think, I think it's exciting. It's, you know, there's an element of like, I don't want to say scariness to it as well, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see what's where we're going to go. I mean, we've always adapted as a human race to, whatever challenge or whatever innovations we have, but it, yeah, it's the rate of acceleration is faster than anything I've ever seen. Right. We'll have eight years of innovation in four months and um, know. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot sometimes to keep up with not just mentally, but emotionally as well. So I think, I think yeah. you're spot on with what you're talking about in terms of some of the human connection points. So unfortunately time we are up on time. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about bunny studio? And then we'll wrap it up. Sure. I mean, um, you know, my social media, most of them it's at Tanya Zapata. So LinkedIn, um, um, Twitter, Instagram, they can find me in those places. Same thing for Bunny Studio. Um, and then, you know, if, if you are interested in, in buying from us, uh, com. that's where you can find us. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time. This was really, really uh, fun. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to it and listen to the many more podcasts. Yeah, up. it was a lot of fun. I love your your down to nature demeanor. You know, very very amazing things that you've done. You're very humble about it. So thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a good one. All right, and I will see you on the next episode. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. 
My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.